We're in a sermon series here at Christ Church, and a series is when we take a topic or theme and we stretch that across a series of Sundays, compiling and growing and, and developing our understanding. And over this last couple Sundays, we've had a series title or a series theme, if you will. It's under the heading of AKA God. And these past few Sundays, it's been a series all about Christmas. Does this surprise us? Hopefully not. Christmas is an incredibly important time of the year, and specifically for the Christian person. For those of us who ascribe to a Christian tradition, the Christmas season is especially important. It's something that we set aside and revisit every single year. In fact, the weeks leading up to Christmas is often referred to as Advent, this time of anticipation, excitement, this building as we get closer and closer to, well, what we celebrate tonight. As we join ourselves again to that Christmas story and remind ourselves of its significance and its role in our lives. To do that, we always, as a church, want to ground ourselves in the biblical story and specifically, being it being Christmas time, we want to be in a Christmas-based scripture or a biblical text that points us to Christmas. To help us do that, we've been looking at one specific verse out of a book called Isaiah. Isaiah happens in the first half of the Bible. It's the Old Testament before the life, death, resurrection of Jesus, but it somehow connects us to him in some meaningful and powerful ways. Isaiah is a prophet, someone who spoke for God. God speaks through this person and speaking to the culture, the context, and to this very day, Isaiah continues to speak to us as well. Isaiah chapter 6 is the verse, uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, is what we've been looking at these last couple weeks, and we will ground ourselves again in it now. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called, in Hebrew that word called is also translated as named, he will be named, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. Over the last number of Sundays, we have been spending time better understanding and diving into these various names and titles for God. Each one of them has a powerful message to convey and help us better connect with, understand, relate to God. Names and titles have meaning in our culture and in our lives. Whether you're a Christian or not, names and titles have significance for the ways in which they shape our expectations and our relationships. It shouldn't surprise us then that in the same way, it translates into the spiritual realities, that the names and titles that we ascribe to God influence how we relate to and understand Him. That's why we've been taking the time to better ground ourselves in those specific names. Now, if you've been tracking with us, you'll know that we've actually exhausted the names. We're out! So that means we got to look at a new name tonight. And we've kind of been arguably saving the best for last. Or at least we're saving the name or title that is most closely associated with Christmas. And in fact, it also comes to us from Isaiah. The same guy says a very important word back in his context that continues to ring true in ours. It comes to us out of Isaiah chapter 7, a little bit earlier in the book of Isaiah. And this most certainly is a Christmas text. Let's look at it. All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means 
God is with us. This is referred to, understood, and recognized pretty much across the board by Christian scholars as being very much so a Christmas-based text, despite the fact that it was written quite literally hundreds of years, centuries before Christmas even took place. It's almost as if Isaiah was, well, looking forward to Christmas, that the experience of Isaiah's time and place was looking forward to Christmas. Isaiah's context had a lot going on that makes sense why Isaiah would want Christmas to come. Isaiah's context was a time of violence, upheaval, social constraint, and troubles. It was a time of war, famine, disease. That's all the public stuff that people shared, let alone speaking into individual lives and personal problems that individuals faced. Isaiah and the people of Isaiah's time looked forward to Christmas, to Emmanuel, and all that it could mean for them. I like to think in a similar way, we look forward to Christmas, don't we? I don't know about you, I look forward to Christmas. We as a culture, we as a people, we tend to look forward to Christmas. Now, let's be clear, I'm not one of those guys that plays Christmas music in July. I am related to one of those people, but I myself do not self-describe this way. Even so, I look forward to Christmas. If you close your eyes and you think about Christmas and, and, and you think about the nostalgia, the moments, the memories, the experiences that come to your mind and your heart when you think about Christmas time. And this can happen anytime throughout the entire year where you get that whiff of a gingerbread cookie and you're immediately transported to the hope, the joy, the, the excitement, the thrill of Christmas. We look forward to Christmas all year long. It's the only holiday where it's permissible to start celebrating it during a different holiday. We actually start celebrating Christmas during Thanksgiving, do we not? Let's be real. We so desperately yearn and anticipate and look forward to Christmas. It's almost like we crave the significance that Christmas grounds us in and reminds us of. Christmas has this incredible way of dusting off all the other stuff that gets layered on top of our life in the day-to-day -day grind. The struggles, the issues, the challenges that we face throughout the whole year, it's so easy for the most important things in life to find their way to the bottom of the priority list. Sometimes the important things in life just kind of gently fade to the background because we're too busy running kids around or we're trying to keep up with the demands of work. At other times, the important things in life are thrust to the back end. They're thrust to the back burner because something pressing, often something traumatic or really truly difficult in life grabs our attention and we, we just can't get off of that. It consumes us. And Christmas has this way of calling those important things that have faded into the background or buried under stress or difficulty or challenge, it brings those things back to the forefront of our minds and our hearts. We remember the importance of spending time with the people that we love, the people we cherish. We remember the importance of charity, of generosity, and what it means to share and be appreciative of what we have in life.
Christmas is a chance for us to remember rituals and meaningful moments that we've had in our lives that ground us in a sense of identity, of purpose, and meaning. I can't help believe that we look forward to Christmas because of the various reasons for the season, if you will, that come to our minds and hearts every time we close our eyes and think about Christmas. The sad reality is that we spend so much of the rest of the year without the most important things that it makes us crave a season that brings them to the forefront of our families, our communities, and our world. We love Christmas, don't we? And for good reason. There are many reasons for the season for you to appreciate and enjoy the season, if you will. And your specific reason that you love Christmas may be unique to you, but there are some reasons that seem to spread across all of us. And in fact, I think if you were to ask one specific demographic, they're going to hit the nail on the head pretty much any time of the real true reason for the season. I mean, if you were to summarize, what is it that we crave? What is it that we yearn for? What is it that we hope for and need to be reminded of? What is it that so easily drifts to the background? What is it so easily that we forget about and we lose sight of? What is it that that we need to make sure we, we spend time truly holding up and recognizing and appreciating? The answer is clearly found in the mouth of a five-year-old. The reason for the season is presence. Right? Oh, my bad. That's a typo. I meant presence. Right? That is to say that as we live our lives, in our day-to-day grind, as you go and you work your nine-to-five, as you chase after grandkids, as you try to keep up with the meetings, and as you try to navigate the difficulties, the challenges that come across, as you spend time in hospital rooms with an ailing mom or dad, as you have to deal with grief or loss or financial insecurity as you have to deal with dreams dying and and going by the wayside and rebuilding your own character and life, recreating relationships, as you have to do the hard work of simply living, how often do we simply forget the presence of God? the reality that God exists and that He is in fact close, involved, invested in you, your well-being, and your life. If anything, the challenges and the difficulties of the day-to-day tend to make us wonder whether God is even present at all. We, we end up, unsurprisingly, running out into the middle of the night, shaking our fist up at the stars and saying, God, where are you? I need you now. Are you even there? Do you even care? And it is in these moments, these moments more than any other moments, that we need Christmas. We need to close our eyes 
and remember and join ourselves again to the reason for the season, the reason for Christmas itself, that we need to remember how God in His charity, in His love, in His generosity, looked at our brokenness, our messiness, and was so intent upon being a part of our lives that He showed up in the flesh. He was so intent upon doing life with us that he intervened at a specific point in time in human history, establishing and giving us Christmas, giving us Emmanuel, God with us. God in his immensity, in his power and majesty and might cared so deeply for us and our lives and was so concerned that we would live our lives without him, without knowing him, embracing him, enjoying him, and living into his purposes and plans for us. He was so concerned for you and your well-being that he chose to come and be Emmanuel in the flesh. He so cared about humanity that he chose to become, well, to become human, just like you and me. And in doing so, we learned a name and a title that is perhaps even more important than any of the names or titles that we've covered so far. In Christmas, we join ourselves again to the story of Jesus Christ. The fact that God came not in a thundercloud, not with power and might, but in humility and in the most unsuspecting of ways. He came in vulnerability, in weakness, in meekness. He came as a baby, in poverty all in order to do life with us as Emmanuel, as Jesus Christ. For as much as undoubtedly you have plans in the next couple days, you have things to do, and most assuredly I know that in the new year there are going to be waves of expectations and things will become normal again, won't they? The Christmas season will begin to fade into the background and normality will take hold of all of us. But the prayer and the hope of Christmas is that the true reason for Christmas will carry forward with you. That you will not allow to fade into the background or the busyness of your life. The reality that God has come to do life with you out of love for you. 
He has come at Christmas to be your Emmanuel, to be Jesus for you. And the hope and the prayers that will sustain you and encourage you and that for all of us, we will keep it, that at the very center of our lives until we can celebrate it again in another Christmas season. We hope and we pray as a church that we will continue to keep the most important things in life, the most important person in life, at the forefront of our every single day, every season of our life. The hope is that we keep Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, at the forefront of every season, every day. Amen, good? Please pray with me. Jesus, we humbly come before you tonight celebrating who you are, celebrating the fact that you have come into our world to do life with us, to be part of humanity, to rescue and save, to heal and redeem and forgive through your life, death, resurrection, Jesus. We know God, God with us, Emmanuel. We confess to you that so often in life we allow the centrality, the importance of that reality to fade to the background. Too often the things of this world crowd out the most important things, be it family time or the, the reality of, of, of prioritization, and, and most specifically we crowd out you. And we let the reality of your presence and your person fade. We humbly beg your forgiveness. And we thank you for the consistent reminder that Christmas gives us. We join ourselves again to this Christmas story. In this Christmas season, we once again reclaim the true reason, the inspiration for what Christmas means in our lives and in our world. We once again worship you and rejoice and the knowledge that you have come to do life with us in the person and the baby of Jesus Christ. Humbly, we receive you this night and ask that you would give us hearts that are ready, willing, and able to receive you every night hereafter. We pray this all in your holy and in your precious name. Amen.